with Alan Moore. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Capital Sports on Moscow's Capital FM. I am Alan Moore, and tonight you'll get the very best news, views, reviews, previews, and interviews in the world of sports. Now, in just a moment, we're going to try and get across to Anfield to get the latest on that blockbuster season-defining. What else can I say about it? Just, well, it's basically the biggest football game in the world this weekend, of course, between Liverpool and Man City. And right now, it looks like Liverpool have wrapped up the English Premier League title. We said it last year at Man City. We were right. We said it this year with Liverpool. I hope we will. We will say it this year with Liverpool. We'll hopefully be right. Okay, we're going to have a look back then, of course, at Loco's midweek near miss with Juve. And we will also ask, is Cristiano Ronaldo finished by a man who has followed his career all the way from Man City until today? Um, Of course, big results in the Russian Premier League this weekend. Lots of changes in the table. That game that has just finished a couple of minutes ago, 1-1 between Loco and Krasnodar. That puts Loco out on their own in second place behind Zenit, five points behind the St. Petersburg side. And that's going to be a theme of our show a little bit today because we're going to talk about Russian Premier League and the chances Russia have against Belgium this coming weekend with Andrew Flint. In part three, then, of course, we're going to get the full time from Anfield and we'll also talk Russia's showdown with Belgium. And we're going to speak with a very good friend of the show and one of the best, actually, he is the best journalist in Russia, bar none, the editor of SportsDaily.ru, uh, Ivan Jitkov. At 10 o'clock, we're going to travel across the Atlantic to Toronto. We're going to catch Alex B., in part five, then we're going to have Jonathan Higgins from uh, News Talk FM. He is going to round up the English Premier League and also we'll have a bit of a look around, ahead at the Euro 2020 qualifiers. Now, we'll also then, in part six, we're going to have Andy Mack. He'll be back with us on the phone and we'll also talk about a very, very British scandal. So I know Double N is trying to get um, Rob on the phone, Rob Hanrahan. We're not quite yet getting him, but... Before we do, we're going to round up very, very quickly the Russian uh, Premier League results for this weekend. Dinamo have continued their upturn of fortunes. They have won 1-0. 1-0 this weekend away, of course, in Kazan against Rubin. That has lifted them to 11th place in the table on 18 points. Siska Moscow, they were also away from home, down in the sunny south against Sochi. And they came away with a hard-fought 3-2 draw. Um, and then, of course, we know Zenit, they were away in Tula. They played uh, Arsenal and they won 1-0. Of course, that gives them that five-point lead at the top of the Premier League table. Uh, Rostov, they were... They, you know, this is what has sort of changed everything right now in the Russian Premier League because they lost 2-1 at home against Tambov. Tambov, of course, we know that they're playing their games in Saransk because they don't have a stadium good enough or quality enough to host Premier League games. So that is big for Tambov. And as we mentioned last week, um, we, we, will, we, uh, we mentioned uh, last week, I should say, uh, that if Tambov start to win some games, they'll be lifted off the bottom of the table. And they did. So they are now in 14th place with 17 points. But of course, a very important thing because we're going to have their commercial de- director on with us next week. Spartak won. 2-0 at home against Samara that was a good one for them it has lifted them now into 6th place so very very quickly before we go on the phone to discuss Locos near miss and is Cristiano Ronaldo a done deal is he a beaten docket is he a flogged dead horse but let's first look at the Russian Premier League table so first Zenit Loco, Rostov, Siska, Krasadar, Spartak. And then we just trickle all the way into 11th place and we have Dinamo on 18 points. But Spartak are on a bit of an upturn of fortunes. Now, we're going to go straight away out to two men because we're going to get that update from Anfield because, of course, the last we saw there in Anfield, it was 3-0 to Liverpool. It, there is around mm, just over 10 minutes to go, so we will get an update on that. We'll actually get the final score on that uh, coming very, very shortly. So, Mr. Andrew Flint, can you hear us loud and clear? 
I certainly can. How are you guys doing? Ah, listen, we're doing great. And all the better to hear you. Um, I, I almost sound like the big bad wolf, like, you know, all the better to hear you with. Right, uh, with my big ears. Um, Andrew, listen, uh, Loco were dreadfully unlucky. We had a, another Gilia howler. We know that Andy Mack doesn't rate him at all. Uh, like, the ball squirted through his <laughs> legs. Um, no comments on that. By the way, it's uh, 3-1 now for Liverpool. Uh, they have just pulled a goal back. Silva has scored a goal for Man City, so 3-1 to Liverpool. Um they came back. They scored through Moranchuk. Uh, of course, the, uh, Ronaldo's goal was claimed by Aaron Ramsey. But um, then, very, very late in the game, Juve stole it. Was it a deserved win for Juve or are they, are they just a bunch of jam bags? Uh, it was agonising. It's so, so hard to look at that result and, and say that Loco didn't deserve more from it. Personally, I felt Loco genuinely deserved a point. Um, but I mean that that winner was just sublime. I mean a moment of uh, just what what a bit of skill from Douglas Costa. That run that he just tore through the entire the entire defence. I just honestly felt Loco gave absolutely everything they could have done. There's nothing more they could have done because when you get a moment like that, you just can't defend against it. That's nothing to do with systems or styles or how you set up. Um, so I think Loco would. Okay, hold on, we're going. Yeah. They've done very well for very little tangible reward in Europe, which is a shame. Yeah, I mean, now looking at the table, I mean, that's, it, it's put them almost into a bit of trouble, um, Andrew, because like, if you look at how they're, they're sitting, uh, Bayer, of course, they, they got a win, kind of against the odds in many ways, uh, um, and unexpected, shall we say, because, I mean, they, they, okay, they were 2 nil up, going like um, mm. Atletico glossed it over, so Bayer won 2-1, that leaves them just behind uh, their level on three points with Loco. Now, Loco have to go, or sorry, Bayer have to come to Moscow, uh, on the 26th of November to play Loco but uh, I mean then Loco have to go to Real uh, Atletico Madrid you know it, it does really look like Loco won't even make third place yeah you know it's just, it's frustrating really because when you looked at the fixtures you'd assume that Atletico would have at least um, avoided defeat in Germany because they are the master so I I feel kind of like it's unfair on Loco. They did the, they did the business in Germany. They got that one result, which I thought would have been key to guaranteeing third place. Um, I still would back them, but they have to get the result. The pressure's on them now. Uh, and Bayer, now that they've broken down Atletico Madrid, they will come to Moscow with a bit more confidence. That's a huge, huge game now. Absolutely massive game. But I still think if Loco can just avoid defeat, um, but that shouldn't be their mindset. They've got to go to win. But if they do avoid defeat, I think they will get third place. But it's... it's the pressure's on now because I mean the, the other game of course uh, like ending off the, the the group stage on the 11th of December you've got Bayer hosting Juve now Juve we know are pretty much through it depends on I uh, know they're through but um, mm. it depends on if they're going to finish first or second in the group but even at that I mean you'd see like Juve heading to Germany with maybe a, a half ass side and they're just going to sort of just trick around with the ball but uh, you know you did say 1-1. Now, Andy said 1-0. Um, and you said 1-1. We were looking at 1-1. And after that sort of like 15, 20 or 20 minutes, Loco looked decent even to go on and win that game. They didn't sit back and say, right, we've got a point. What the hell? Yeah. They actually went for it. 
No, absolutely. It was so strange almost, to be honest. I mean, Loco, as we know, under Yuri Siemen are extremely practical. They know their own limitations. And I don't mean that as an insult, but they tend not to open up so much. But they were extremely efficient how they used the ball. I was so pleasantly surprised to see that from them. Um, uh, it's, it's so unfair to say it's a missed opportunity to not beat Juventus, one of the best sides in Europe, but it, it really was a missed opportunity because I don't... Like last season, they would, Loco were terrible in the Champions League. They were just so lifeless, no intent whatsoever, and it's such a refreshing change to see the change in performance, but still have not won. They didn't get a point from the game, so... It's 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 killing me. I'll be honest. It was a missed opportunity. I think. Okay. No. Look, we 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 were looking at last week. We did hold out hope. The game looked well. Uh, something I was training, of course, at Lokomotiv today with the Moscow Sharmaks, and one of the things that was said to me by uh, one of the, the the assistant coaches for Loco today, um, out of the day arena, was that they felt that the weather actually helped Juve. That if it had been like warmer or colder and drier it would have been easier for local but as it was it actually you know it kind of settled into that sort of like a kind of a, a messy kind of game for for Juve would you agree with that or do you think that like the weather had nothing to do with it, it was just basically a sub- sublime piece of skill and bad luck oh, I, I don't I don't buy into that at all I don't think the weather was anything to do with it because I think um, to say that a is, is is nonsensical really to be honest um, Loco knew they would have to have less possession than Juventus they knew they would have far fewer moments when they were in the final third um, so a scrappy game suited them more but I don't really I wouldn't really characterise it as a scrappy game I think it was a, a game where Loco had to be efficient with their possession which they were and they they do have talented players but they sometimes lack a bit of confidence or a little bit of cutting edge a bit of I don't know what you would want to call it, but they had that against Juventus. So I don't think the weather played into it. It was that that goal from Douglas Costa is a once in a once in a group stage sort of goal, shall we say? It was um, it was utterly brilliant. I've been a, a fan of his for a long time. I think he is one of the few dangerous runners with the ball at his level in Europe. Um, you just can't legislate for that, and that's nothing to do with the weather. That was just pure brilliance. Okay, now talking about like you know, someone who can run away with the ball, uh, someone who used to run with the ball very, very well, especially for Man United, for Real Madrid as well, uh, and of course for, for Juve, but he had his second stinker in a row against Juve, and of course that's Cristiano Ronaldo. I, I, I thought he looked, um, even coming onto the field, like he didn't want to be there. Now maybe he's got something against Moscow, I don't know, but he, he, he had a terrible, terrible game before being substituted. Um, do you think that there's, mm. something, there's something wrong with him, maybe, that just he's not... I don't know, he's, he, he just can't do it anymore at that stage, Andrew? I don't think it's a case of he can't do it anymore. I think it's just the fact that he realises the cult of Ronaldo is not the most important thing at Juventus anymore. <laughs> um, there are a lot of characters there, um, and I think Mauricio Sarri is such a disciplinarian that he doesn't he doesn't sort of pay heed to the, the whole hype around Cristiano. Um, I, I still think he will... Hello, Andrew. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Years, I, I think he looks after his his body. In hello. Yeah. No. no we, hear, we hear you. We hear you. 
well, yeah, I mean, no, I, I, to answer your question, Alan, I don't think, uh, I don't think it is a case of he can't do it anymore. But I think he is all a matter of hype. He's all, a, he's got to build up the Ronaldo image. It's got to be all about him. And when he's not at the centre, he doesn't, um, he sulks. Um, you know, his his shooting is ambitious at the best of times, but he likes to have as much shots and goal under his name as possible. And when the Colts, when it's not centred around him, I think the team suffer, but I think he suffers more than anything. Do you think then the, the fact that um, the goal was given to Aaron Ramsey, who was, for me, he was the, the, the player of the game. Um, do you think that, that maybe put him into a bit of a yeah. soak? Because that was early on, and then he just like, walked around like a, a child with a slapped arse. Uh, bottom, sorry. <laughs> well, I, absolutely. You saw his expression when um, when Ramsey impressed me at Juventus. He's been very humble. He's learned the Italian language as quick as he can. And, and you could see his expression. He looked at Ronaldo and said, I'm sorry I touched it in. And Ronaldo sort of, he tried to make it look like he was joking, like, oh, you shouldn't take my goal away from me. But you know full well that he meant it seriously. He was, he was annoyed. He's all about statistics. He's all about him getting the credit. Um, and I think that probably did affect his mentality, which is quite concerning because Ronaldo shouldn't need that. He can score 50 goals a season without much trouble. So why he was so fussed about one goal, I really can't understand. But it did affect him, I think. OK, probably all about money. Listen, Andrew's going to stay on with us on the line. We're going to go out to a break right now. Uh, that game is uh, about three minutes regular time to go. Liverpool, Man City, it is still 3-1 for Liverpool. So Liverpool on their way right now to the English Premier League title. We're going to go out to the break because Aaron Ramsey got paid... Ronaldo didn't. So, Sigala, she's saying that she just got paid. She's going to have a party. So, we're going to wait to the break. We'll come back after this. The Sigala just got paid. Stick with us. Andrew will be right back. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. I should grow up someday Cause I got bills to pay I can't be waking up At someone else's place I know I drink too much Can't pay my rent this month I should be saving up But I just got Like to party, don't go 
cause trouble, don't bother nobody. Lotty dotty, walk up in the party. Sports bra, sport car drive. Show up, show out. Bow in, bow out. Go in, go out. So rock, we pull out. I got more diamonds. Ladies be the finest. Crush grapes, we don't do the wine. Crush dinner, top spinner. Coop mean, front grilling. Got paid, hop G5 fade. Rope chain shell toes. Wave you like a sailboat. When you hear the hand, there you go. Montana with the funky sound. Sagala got the London sound. I should blow up this city. Stuck in my glory days. I know there's nothing wrong. It's just a passing phase. And when I've had my fun, I swear I'll be someone. I know that day will come. Капитал ФМ и Тиной Майлд, где бы ты ни был, даже в душе. Каждое утро на 105 и 3 ФМ. Снова 7 утра. Okay, welcome back, folks. I know people are dancing around their kitchens and enjoying themselves listening to that song and... I was dancing a wee bit here as well. So there you go. It's a nice Sunday night, like, you know, because tomorrow we're back in work. It's going to be another tough, tough week. I mean, it's going to be a fun... It's going to be a fun week, though, right, Dublin? Yeah, it's going to be a fun week. And we're, we're training on Tuesday, so we're going to be flying. Because I was training today, and I feel good after that. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. So 90 minutes plus two to be added on. So 90 minutes gone in that game. Liverpool, Man City, it is 3-1. Earlier on today, of course, Man United, they won 3-1. Pereira, Proper, Proper, and Rashford all scored uh, to beat Brighton, Hove, Albion. And Wolves, they won the Broom... Well, I say the Midlands Derby, even though Wolves are in the black country. So I think Mr. Um, <laughs> Andy Farmer, he'll be quite happy with that because of course he absolutely well he's a Wolves fan like you know not died in the world but he's a Wolves fan a quick look around Europe there have been some decent results today and there's one game coming up just it'll be starting we go off air Juve playing AC Milan that is starting at 10.45 Moscow time so catch it if you can that almost rhymed but I'll get away from that and of course at 11 o'clock big game stateside it is the final of the the MLS final between the Seattle Sounders against the well, Toronto FC and we're going to ask Alex B about that of course he's coming at 10 o'clock now right now it is Parma nil nil at home against AS Roma and of course well, we'll talk about this just a bit later on with Jonathan Higgins. But first, we're going to go back out to two men, to Mr. Andrew Farmer. Uh, or Andrew Farmer, Andrew Flint, even. Andrew, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, it's just, I, I'm, I, my apologies. Anyway, listen, I can never forget you, of course. So, listen, Andrew, um, we ended off just saying that, you know, Ronaldo's a bit, well, Cristiano Ronaldo, he was kind of almost was in a bit of a sulk with his goal being taken away. Um, 
looking overall at, at, at the Russian performances this week, Siska getting a point, but they're just absolutely crap. I mean, they're, they're bottom of the table. Um, they can't even beat a, a, a half-cut Ferenc Varys side. They have no hope of qualifying for the next round in the Europa League, do they? Uh, absolutely none. I mean, they they are so so frustrating because you look at their lineup that they've basically crafted in the last the space for the last eighteen months. When we all thought this is it, Tiscar are going to crumble when they sold the spine of their side, and then they brought through all these young players. They've gelled together so well domestically, and yet in Europe, they last season beating Real Madrid home and away, and this season just looking like they can't even I don't know blow their own noses. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm. Oh, Siska fans. It's going to cost yeah. Russia in the long term as well. You know, they, Portugal are now ahead of Russia in the UEFA coefficient points. So if it keeps going like this, then they're going to cost themselves, not just Russia, but Siska are going to probably be the ones that will miss out if, when, if Russia lose a European place. So oh, they've, um, they've, they've been so disappointing. Um, they can't say that they don't have the players. They do. Maybe not the experience, but they have the talent and they're just not making the most of it. Well, it's, that's what I think. Like, we've seen some of the guys that, and they have invested in the team. They have, like, it's not all like a bunch of little kids. These are, like, professionals. Mm. And, you know, when you look at how they, they performed, I mean, losing at home 1 0 to, to, um, to Ferenc Farris, that to me was just depressing. I mean, they had so much better talent. Now, oh, I mean, okay, it's, it's terrible. Now, again, you know, today they won 3 2 away from home. We, we've already mentioned that uh, down in Sochi. Um, they're they're hanging on in there like Zeni of course top of the table Loco drawing today 1-1 a goal on the side of the break uh, Krachowiak scoring before the break to give Loco the, the lead but they, again they couldn't hold on to it um, looking at that Siska I mean they're on 30 points they're only a point off Loco five, uh, 6 points off first place but if they keep this up I mean you know can they stay in the European spots or is there a chance maybe that Spartak on the run they're on right now could actually, you know, Siska could drop out and Krasnodar will, will, will step up into fifth place, Spartak in, or sorry, uh, Krasnodar into fourth, Spartak into fifth, and uh, Siska will be nowhere. And Siska drop out. Yeah. Uh, there's a possibility. Um, I mean, it's it's genuinely impossible to call at this point. I'd say it's, it's I'm, I'm 50-50 to answer your question, which isn't answering your question, I realise, but um, if I had to stick my neck out, I'd say they probably will still hang in there. Um, Spartak will put pressure on them but the thing that's in Tesco's favour is that they they have the points advantage obviously um, but also are playing worse than we know they can Spartak are on their current form very very short term current form are playing about as well as we think they can but Tisca have more to give and they have the points advantage so I still if I really had to put my money on it I think I would say Tisca will stay in the top five but um but maybe the maybe falling out of the Europa League is what will help them in that respect. They will be able to focus entirely on um, domestic matters. But they can't afford many more slip-ups than this because once Spartak get into that reckoning, um, it then becomes a matter of staying in the top five. You know, the last few weeks, it's been such a big gap and nobody's looked like getting into the top five. There's no pressure on them, but now there is. So it's a test of their character. Um, so perhaps they will focus on domestic matters and it will help them. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, I mean, you know, Spartak are closer to last place than the first place, and it is quite tight. I mean, say, from Spartak in sixth, um, you're, you look there on 21 points, and then you, you look down, and they're only, only four points ahead of Tambov, who are in 14th place. You know, so, I mean, 
there is absolutely nothing between those <laughs> yeah. teams. So I mean, it's it, it, it this season. I'm finding this season in the Russian Premier League quite kind of concerning because you look at like Zenit who normally would be on a great run to start the season they've already lost two matches so you know local have lost three so there is that kind of a, a strange kind of beating it even though I'm looking at at, at Zenit mm. and they're just a very very good side with you know some of the best players in Russia but again you know if they slip up do you think that if they slip up will it be Loco or Rostov or maybe Siskar Krasnodar who could take advantage of Zenit slip up because they weren't great this weekend as well uh, they weren't as, as clinical as they usually are. I mean, they 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 have squad, they have best squad, and I don't think they will be beaten. But they really had to work against Arsenal Tula. I mean, they, I'm, it is rude to Arsenal Tula. I'm sorry for Arsenal Tula fans listening, but our team with the resources and the squad of Zenit, and you are struggling, um, having to really work and earn your win away to Arsenal Tula, then there are, there are questions to be asked. If anybody was going to challenge, I would say Loco are best equipped. Um, they have at least a good spine, a good experienced spine in that side. Um, Kuchoviak is, is going to chip in with the goals. And uh, when Fyodor Smolov comes back from injury, when Anton Midanchuk um, is back to full match fitness, they're going to be even stronger. So I'd say they are the best placed, um, possibly Krasadar, but I, I don't see either really genuinely challenging Zanid. Get to the winter break without any more slip-ups and the title is Zanid's, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I do. I think, you, I think you have nailed that down there. And you're very, very correct. I mean, I'd like to say, you know, I'd like to see that, you know, local can still catch them. But Zenit have been, have been the best team, most consistent team so far. Now, looking, of yeah. course, at uh, Zenit in Europe as well. I mean, they've been relatively, relatively unlucky in, 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 in their results. But at the same time, you know, they, I don't know. I mean, the Champions mm-hmm. League is always tough, but they have that sort of... Um, they, they have a better chance to qualify for the uh, the Europa League uh, stage because, of course, they're third place. Uh, they've got four points in their group. Um, going down 2-0 to Red Bull Leipzig is not a disgrace. Um, but they do have Lyon at home next time out. And uh, then they're away to Benfica. So you sort of look at, 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 at Zenith at qualifying at least for the Europa League. Or am I very mistaken? They've got to be looking at that, and it would be, again, it would be an absolute crime. It would be an absolute crying shame if they did not at least, at the very least, get Europa League. Because they, you know, they've they've performed well, but not quite got the results they need. Um, But Lyon at home, I think, are, are beatable. They're a good side, of course, but... Looking at that as as if they are playing against their superior side because Zenit have got the players, they've got the form, they've got the the, the cult of Artem Zuba. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it counts for something. Um, if he walks onto the pit believing he's Superman, then you know the Lyon players are going to smell that. They, they're going to be a, a little bit intimidated. So it is a key game that Lyon game, of course. And I'm not well. Okay, if they beat Lyon um, heavily, then they have a very good chance, obviously, of going into the last game and going through to the knockouts for Champions League. But really, just to secure more European football, whichever competition it is, is the more important priority at this stage. And again, um, for, the, for, for and ranking, putting a good performance. Yeah. And, and ranking, of course, for, for Russia within Europe as well. That of yeah, course is important. And, and you're, you're, de- you're dead right. 
Um, listen, Krasnodar, I mean, after two absolute, they got a baiting in Switzerland against Basel. Um, they were humiliated at home uh, by Getafe. And then they've gone and won two in a bounce. Of course, they're beating Trabs on Spore, who, you know, they're already eliminated. Um, but in their group now, you've got Basel, they've qualified, they're on 10 points. And they're fighting mm. it out with, with Getafe. Of course, they have, uh, they're at home against Basel and then away to Getafe in the last game of the group stage. Um, is that return to form for Krasnodar, is that important for them? Is it important that they turn around and challenge for that second place in the Europa League group? Or should they maybe switch their focus more towards the Premier League and finally, finally, you know, maybe maybe chase down Zenit for, and, and instead of sort of like choking as the season comes to an end? I think they should absolutely be focusing on the Europa League because the title is its a very, very big ask to prize the title out of um, Zenit's hands at this point. Um, I mean, if you're Sergei Galitsky, you're sitting there thinking we've been so close so many times and fallen away in the last, say, five rounds of the season a couple of times now when it's come to a possible title challenge. Uh, he's got to realise, look, it's taking long title, but European football is realistically where Krasnodar are going to grow because they need to attract those better players. The youth system is fine. That is producing the players. They are, they are coming into the first team. They're looking like solid first team players. So there's no problem on that front. But if they're going to step up that level, they've got to keep attracting those players. Um, and if they don't get through to the knockout stages of the Europa League, it's gonna—it's not going to be a deal breaker for the, the, you know, the fringe players that they might sign. But they really should be. They should be getting through to that knockout stage. They are a better side on paper, I think, than than Getafe, than Basel. I think they are a better side. Okay. Um, perhaps they don't have the experience, which is where they've fallen down. But they really should. Um, oh. I think they should be aiming for Europa League success. Okay. No. Listen. That 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 that's <laughs> like all, all things been said. Okay. We'll 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 move slightly west um, just to cover uh, a, a little bit, shall I say, um, of the English Premier League. But before I do, um, we're going to speak with Ivan Zhitkov very very shortly um, in relation to the the the, the Russia Belgium game. Do you have an idea how it can end up? Just a quick off the top of your head. Well, I don't think we're going to see a full-strength side um, from either and or full intent, should we say, because both are qualified. The only thing that plays first base, uh, first spot in the league, which will help the seeding for the final tournament. I think we'll see a draw. Um, both sides have got goals in them, um, but only one goal has been conceded between the two of them um, for all games that have not been the very first game between the two of them, if that makes sense. So... Uh, I don't think we're going to see a lot, possibly 1-1, but I think we'll see a draw in this one. OK. Uh, now, very, very quickly in England, because, of course, it was another humiliating weekend for Arsenal. Uh, they are tipping uh, Luis Enrique, of course, who is the coach of Spain and Barcelona, to take over from Unai Emery. Um, Arsenal lost, you know, away a, a to Leicester City. Leicester City, who are flying high for whatever reasons. But you've got Liverpool now top on 34 points. Then they are eight points ahead of Leicester City. Uh, Chelsea are chasing then. They're also eight points behind. Man City are now nine points behind at 25. Then you've got Sheffield United and Arsenal and Man United Wolves as well. All up there in the top eight. Um, and of course, 11 points for Wolves are uh, Bournemouth. But that result today for Liverpool winning, uh, you know, it, it sort of has that sealed the title for Liverpool. And do you think that Emery now is basically a dead man walking? He'll be gone tomorrow. I think he's got he's got such a hard task against him. Um, I don't think he's dealt with the Granite Xhaka situation desperately well. He's turned it into a Xhaka is refusing to play situation. I'm not entirely sure exactly where I sit on that whole fence with him 
dealing with the criticism of the fans, I think the fans have, have been very poor towards him, but I don't think he's been great either. But if you're a manager, you've got to, you've got to back your captain more than that. Um, I don't think he's got a full backing of the fans or important, but I, don't, I think it's almost beyond repair now. Okay, so he's probably going to be one of the next managers to leave in, in English football, I think. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's what everyone's tipping that it will be Enrique or someone coming in to try and lift it up because you know they have the money to to, to do it. Uh, one more quick yeah. question: um, the the reports this weekend uh, that Man United are looking to try, they're going to try and sign Wilfred Wilfred Zaka Zaka from uh, Crystal Palace. Now that's the second, of course, they've been uh, chasing him. Do you reckon will this be a a, a, a Will it, will this come through this time, or do you think again it's just like paper talk before the uh, the winter transfer window? I really don't see that happening. Um, I mean, when he was here under David Moyes, it was um, it was a complete flop, and I really don't see the point in him joining the squad because United have got their fast, wide players. Um, in uh, Daniel James has been alongside Scott McTominay. Um, Anthony Martial settled into his central striking role. Marcus Rashford's flying. Uh, I don't really see the point. Uh, I don't think he fits into what we need. We need a central midfielder to control games. Um, I just think it's, I think it's a silly rumour. It's a waste of time. OK, that is fair enough. Listen, Andrew, thank you so much for your time. We'll be back on to you uh, a wee bit later, but thank you so, so much and have a brilliant evening. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Speak to you soon. Uh, that was Andrew Flint, our man out there in Siberia. But of course, he is an absolute expert in Russian football, as we all know. Now we're going to go to the race, but before we do, we want to congratulate uh, the French women tennis, French women's tennis team who won the Fed Cup uh, today. So well done them! Um, and also, we're going to go for. We're really we're going to dig in. We're going to try and get Rob Hanrahan on the line from Anfield. He's there waiting to try and get us, but we just can't connect with them. But we will very very soon. And of course, then we'll go up to Saint Petersburg to Ivan Shitkov, who of course is the best. Journalist about and uh, have a bit of a chat about what will Big Daddy Juba do against the Belgians this uh, weekend or uh, the following week, uh, next weekend, even. Okay, we're going to go out, we're going to be bonus, we're going to be delirious with Steve Aoki. Uh, this is a real stadium banging tune, so get ready for it. Have fun. We'll be back after the break with Ivan Zhidkov. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. Just Just Kidding. Uh, oh, uh, you got me woke up. The way you roll that sticky like Oprah. Just let me coach up. Show you about my culture. It's a late night show like Tona. This party ain't over. Go ham in here and grab your friend by the hand. Let me know if you down. Body like playmate of the year. I might make that play of the year. I already know that we don't play fair. But I think that you and your girl, just give me some of that. We stand out to the sun. Yeah. Wait, wait, oh 
so go and take that hit. Dip, drip, one, sip for the fifth. I ain't seen none, girl, bleed the fifth. Make your man cease to exist. All this money don't make no sense, you scared? Give me some of that. Out to the Ladies and gentlemen, hope you enjoyed, and boys and girls as well, because it's not ten o'clock yet. So, any any anyone young ones who are like, well, hello Tim, if you're still listening, so just uh, get to bed at ten o'clock because you've got school in the morning. Of course, we've all got school and we've got work in the morning, and uh, well, we'll roll on. Okay, as I said just before we went out, congratulations to France because the first time, okay, it went down to the to the rubber to the wire uh, for a three-two win against Australia. So the first time that they have. Um, won it in, since 2003 so it's a big one because next year just the end of an era because as we know many people have been to see Russia play here um, in the Fed Cup but next year it's going to be the uh, top 12 nations are going to be competing in a six day event in Budapest okay now this year okay over two days 26,951 people turned up in Perth um, it's the second highest ever Fed Cup finals record the finals course was Roland Garros which was in 2005 when um, a number uh, what was it uh, 30,000 people turned up okay uh, so um, a quick rundown again so that English Premier League table uh, Liverpool are top they are on 34 points second Leicester City and then Chelsea in third place Man City are back in fourth and Sheffield then quite a bit way back there eight points from Man City uh, 17 points or half half points of Liverpool they are in fifth place Arsenal also on 17 points are, are in uh, sixth place. Man City, or Man United, sorry, they've crept up, crept up into, um, they are in seventh place. Okay, so uh, this weekend, of course, this coming weekend, there's a huge, huge game coming up in St. Petersburg. Now, there's been lots spoken about it, the team, the selection, only two proper strikers chosen. Uh, the game kicks off next weekend up at the Gazprom Zenit Arena, up at eight o'clock in St. Petersburg on Saturday. 
Dennis Cherishov, of course, we spoke with him last week and how good he is. He is out with a hip injury and called up in his place Alexander Yorokin from Zenith. Okay, so we have one person, great friend of the show, and as I said already, the best journalist in Russia, and he is well placed up in St. Petersburg to let us know just what are Russia's chances. So, Mr. Ivan Zhidkov from SportDaily.ru and Sport Nyum Will Russia have a chance to win, or do you think a draw will be a decent result? Uh, hello, good evening for everybody. Just just one just one just one update for uh, squad because uh, Rezilzat Akhmetov uh, was called up uh, either uh, instead of injured Barinov. Maybe I didn't hear you from the beginning. No, no, no. We just said for, no, no. That's great. Yeah, actually, because, okay, because Barinov, of course, yeah? we did, yes, of course, we we I, I missed some. So it was Cherishev, I know, is out, and Yerokin was called up. So there's two. Okay, good. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, even listen, overall, okay, overall... Now, uh, Ahmedov is in, and... Yeah, even though, even though that Chachesov said that Ahmedov wasn't good enough uh, <laughs> during the last month. Uh, regarding, uh, regarding expectations, so I think that uh, given the situation, uh, FIFA ranking, which is more, will be important, important for a draw, uh, so I think it's, uh, it will be a good challenge for Russian team to win against Belgium, even though it will be a really, really tough challenge. Um, as far as I know, that uh, Bel- Bel- Belgium team also added some youngsters, not youngsters, but less experienced players on international niveau as, uh, like as uh, guys from Anderlecht, uh-huh. instead of injured Vertonghen, and, uh, and, and also, and also I'm so, so, sorry me for my, <laughs> for, for, my, for my bad memory, but, but I know that they have uh, changes, but in the same percentage uh, as like as uh, Churchesov did. Okay. So... Be good enough, but with about a proper strikers, just uh, two strikers, I think it's it would be enough to score goals against San Marino. Do you think about that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, like I mean, with San Marino, I mean they're they're on minus forty three right now on the table. So I think if if Russia played with no strikers, if they play with just you know a goalkeeper and ten defenders, they'd still probably catch them on the break and score a goal. Exactly. But against Belgium. I don't know. I would have hoped to have seen. I know we've got these players in, injured. So, like, um, Moranchuk is out. Smolov is out. Um, Ari, well, he's playing okay, but, you know, he, he's. I don't think he's good enough at that level. But would you would you have thought maybe that Trichesov like, uh, might have added somebody else in, 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 into the mix? I think uh, he is, uh, he's on his own own way. I think that Cherchesov doesn't want to uh, go for experiment, experiments, for, for um, trials. Uh, it's better for him to keep the same... Well, let's say for a squad which achieved much uh, during those last uh, two years under him, three days under, under him. So I think uh, he is on his own way to give a space for those who deserved and uh, to keep aside those who will try more to be <laughs> in a national team. So I think uh, I think it's just the corporate style of national team at the Churchesov. Okay, I mean, because you, you, like, your book on, on him, I mean, was just... I, I, I've said this before, uh, yeah. it's, it's fabulous, it's a great read. Um, I, I hope that people can read it and that it comes out in English because it's a great, great read. It's something that really gets into the heart of the man. Um, you just mentioned uh, the corporate style of Cherchesov. Um, do you think right. that that's what Russia has needed after so many years of chopping and changing and you have like Dutch and Italian influence and Russian influence that they needed someone who's going to come in who has, you know, made a very great name for himself in Austria 
and now he's back and he did very well of course we know in Poland winning the double do you think that this is what Russia Russia needs and do you think that like you know that it's it's worth keeping him on for another four years uh, yeah, yes, I think that uh, this is exactly what Russia needed, especially I can say about myself, because uh, Cherchesov was a person who uh, brought me to a trust to that it's always everything is possible with the Russian football, <laughs> even though the circumstances are not about, are not totally pro the progress and not pro the successes, but uh, he showed the way uh, how it's possible to achieve uh, much. Even not 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 representing uh, biggest league in the world, so I think yes, I think that uh, that confidence, that professional approach, it is what Cherchesov brought to 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 uh, Russian national team, not only to Russian national team, but only to Russian football in general. Would you reckon? Sorry. Uh, would you reckon that he's brought this kind of he's, he he he's been the tide that has been rising all the boats of Russian football that he has he has sort of like maybe set down a template for other teams and coaches to follow. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I, I but I, but I'm not sure that it's really easy to follow him, uh, being a, a club club manager, and uh, it's it's very funny. But I cannot see any space for Cherchesov in Russian football so far. Uh, when he will suddenly decide to quit from national uh, national national team from of, of Russia in the end of June, yeah, after or on the beginning of July, after they will <laughs> let's say win chem- European Championship. <laughs> but uh, it's it will be really really difficult to find to to, to find space for him. Uh, can you imagine him in Spartak Moscow, in Dynamo Moscow, or even in Lokomotiv Moscow? Alan, I know you're a big fan of it, but uh, <laughs> but 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 even in Zenit St. Petersburg, a very big uh, difficult for difficulty for him. So uh, it's a really special world, uh, Russian national team created by few people. So so I I think it's uh, it's just an exception maybe. Well, because we we were speaking with this not so long ago, we said that, that, that Russia, or sorry, Spartak were appointing Tedesco um, as basically a stopgap coach, and that they were really looking for Chechesov to land at the Okrutia Arena uh, next summer. But personally speaking, I would think it would be a disaster for him and also for Spartak because he has this uniqueness that you know he's gotten results where he's gone. Um, you know he's. He, He's worked in some very tough situations, whether it be in in Sochi uh, when everything collapsed for them there, or for Grozny, for Perm, even Dinamo Moscow. (laughs) You know, um, and he now seems to have found his rhythm. So you reckon that it might be? You know, I mean, I wouldn't want to see him replace Sjoman. I'd like to see someone else replace Sjoman, but not him. um, But not against uh, Stanislav himself, but maybe just. I know, I'd love to see him maybe go on to, to, to coach another na- national team in, in Europe. Or is that maybe a bit too far-fetched, Ivan? Yeah, but I, I think I think it will be a good challenge for him to find a club, for example, in Bundesliga, because he has German roots, let's say, <laughs> Bundesliga roots and uh, maybe Austrian football roots, but I'm not sure that Austria is good enough for him for now. Uh, for, you're absolutely right um, recalling the situation with Sochi and with, with uh, all the difficult teams like Amkar and so on. There is an excellent proverb from Cherchesov who had never trained Amkar is not professional coach. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's it's amazing. Yeah, I, I love it. But <laughs> it's it's absolutely it's absolutely true. But now it's a, it's it's really true that uh, Conan of being sacked uh, last month it was a big disadvantage. 
brief Alec O'Connor will stay uh, as a head coach of Spartak Moscow. It will be easier to come next uh, summer and take Spartak Moscow and finally create some order there. Yeah, but now who knows about Edesco? Because as far as I know, that it's 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 strange things going on uh, near uh, Domenico Tedesco. So uh, being from uh, some. Uh, strange talks with the board and the uh, ending of uh, strange questions on press conferences. Yeah, so I think it's a totally new, new world for Domenico and uh, it's really hard to invite him. I mean, we, we, like, because they have, of course, they have a sports director there, um, Thomas Zorn, who's German uh, in Spartak. And it was kind of after a fashion, Lokomotiv got a, a, a an established German direct, uh, sports director and all of a sudden Spartak yeah. at the same. It was kind of like follow the leader. Um, do you think that because you are an expert, uh, not just on Czech football and in German football, do you reckon that maybe Tedesco, he might not be too long for that crazy world up in um, northwest Moscow? Uh, if I would, uh, my, if if my name would would Tedesco, Domenico Tedesco, I would stay as far as as, as long as possible because it's a question of money, <laughs> but it's not <laughs> a question of reputation. But yeah, it's. Uh, I think I think it's uh, a really oddly situation. He he appeared in uh, Spartak Moscow. So, but uh, Thomas Thorn Thomas Thorn uh, is not a whole Spartak Moscow. Uh, I think that uh, Cherchesov is quite experienced uh, guy already, uh, not uh, being teased so easily by the board of Spartak Moscow. Yeah, yeah. So he's not a young young guy who will catch any chance to be a head coach of Spartak Moscow anymore. But I know that he has these ambitions. But but it should uh, it should be in the right circumstances. Let's see what will happen. No, that's fair enough. This is the most important. The but more- uh, I think I think that that, that they. Call- Show, show must go on. Yeah, and I mean, the most important thing is, as you said, put on a great showing at the Euro 2020 next year because, of course, uh, how many games will be played up in St. Petersburg in the Euros next year? Uh, how many games? Uh, it should be four games in St. Petersburg. There you go. And it's, it's going to be, <laughs> we're, wait, we're waiting the huge, uh, the, the huge event because uh, Team Finland will have to promote to final stage in the first, first time in their history. And it's very likely that we, they will face Russia <laughs> in the group stage exactly in St. Petersburg. Can you imagine uh, 40,000 <laughs> Finnish people coming to St. Petersburg? I, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really impatient to see that. I know, I listen, I know that, and you have a great love for Finland as well, and you, 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 you have a great feeling for there as well. So I, th- I, think, I think it's great because anybody, Absolutely, as yeah. we know that la- uh, last summer, the world looked at Russia and went, wow. And people, as we know, as I've been, you know, St. Petersburg is just an absolute wow city. For me, it's like, it's Russia as you would imagine it. It's just this like beautiful, beautiful, like, you know, I don't know, museum city almost. Uh, almost like Vienna, except um, a lot less dog dirt on the streets. Is any, or sorry, St. Petersburg is a lot more cleaner than Vienna. Um, before I go on insulting any other... Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm really impatient. I'm really impatient to be in Dublin next summer. Oh, listen, then, uh, listen, listen, uh, listen, then I'm, I'm, I'm going with you. Because remember, it was just, I was realizing that, Dave, it was like three years ago that um, yourself and Natalia yeah. were, were in Dublin and you went to Crow Park. So it's time to go back next yeah. summer before years since it. So we, we have to make that happen. Um, before we let you go. I'm still missing Bleeding Horse. Oh, <laughs> I know. What a pub. What a pub. Uh, People were going, what's a bleeding horse? Uh, it's, it's a great pub in the centre of Dublin. Anyway, um, uh, 
Zenny's, of course, top of the table, flying high, doing very, very well. Uh, Big Daddy Juba, he's knocking in the goals. Things are going well for Zenit. Nice balance of youth and uh, mature players. Um, starting to find form now in the in the Champions League. Do you reckon we've got like with two games to go uh, at home against Lyon and away against Benfica? You guys are going to end up in the Europa League. This is this is my fervent hope, and it's also my belief. Am I wrong? Uh it's. Uh, I think that Zenit is really happy that uh, they won't face uh, RB Leipzig anymore, <laughs> because uh, it it would be it would. It, it, I I I heard all its funny stories about comparisons between Lokomotiv Moscow playing against Juventus with a brave, lovely football, and Zenit playing like a sticky football against uh, against uh, RB Leipzig. But it's 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 totally it's totally rubbish. Now is playing much more modern football than Juventus with their elderly person in the squad. It, it was it, it's it's more academical way of, of playing football. I think that uh, RB Leipzig is big disadvantage for everybody who played uh, in uh, in who play and still playing in a group of ST Zenit. So I think that uh, Zenit is lucky uh, to pa- pa- passing by this, and that now is very really important thing to beat Lyon. Lyon is unpredictable. It's uh, still tactically good team. I think they are real able to beat Zenit in St. Pete if uh, stars will fall in a <laughs> right way for them. But uh, but uh, in the last in 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 the last match day there is a Benfica. Uh, so far they they presented like a quite a weak team, uh, despite of uh, winning against Lyon. Uh, I did I really didn't like the way they played. I think it's a underachieving after a successful. Players on a, of a squad. It's a typical picture for Benfica Lisbon. So I think there is a chance for Zenit not being beaten by Lyon and win with Benfica. So the, by this way, it uh, will be quite a successful way to in, in in this European season for them. Listen, I, this is the I, I I'm fingers and toes and legs and eyes crossed because I really want to see Zenit playing in Europe in the springtime. Um, Ivan, thank you so, so much. My best to Natalia and Elisa and have a wonderful week ahead and thank you and I'm looking forward to reading your reports this week in the build-up to this big game, Russia and Belgium. Thank you, Alan. Thank you, Alan. My girls waving to you. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Bye, Ivan. Okay, that was Ivan Jitkov, the best Russian journalist at the moment and of course he is the editor-in-chief of sportdaily.ru sportnyom.nyom Ilya Kazakov said that that is the best newspaper outside of Moscow, the best sports newspaper outside of Moscow. Okay, we're going to wait to the break right now because before we're going to come back, of course, with Alex B. Hopefully, hopefully we're going to get hold of Rob Hanrahan as well. So, Rob, if you're listening, call me maybe because this is Carly Rae Jepsen back after the break. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. I threw a wish in the well. 